the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It is the Nick D Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Check us out at radiomisfits.com. A ton of great podcasts, uh, this one included, uh, of varying uh, and informative and very entertaining. And now you can hear these podcasts and music and more 24-7 on a live streaming service that is running constantly, live, 24-7, radiomisfits.live. Man, you got to check it out. Uh, it is 24-7. You can hear my podcast, uh, both of my podcasts. You can hear so many other podcasts and great new music. Uh, it is a brand new streaming service that's run by Radio Misfits, and it's fantastic. You need to spread the word. 24-7 programming live all the time. Radiomisfits.live. You can hear my podcast, this one, the Nick D Podcast, daily at 3 p.m. Central. Every single day at 3 p.m. Central at RadioMisfits.live, the 24-hour streaming service, you can hear this. And you can hear my Saturday Night Live podcast. That show hasn't been funny in years. Every morning at 9 a.m. So that show hasn't been funny in years. My SNL podcast, 9 a.m. daily. The Nick D podcast, 3 p.m. daily. All streaming 24-7 on an incredible radio service that you can listen to anytime you want. You got to check it out. RadioMisfits.live. Very excited about this new uh, development and uh, this new streaming service 24-7. Man, go to it and check it out. It's so exciting. And hey, by the way, this is a great time to be a sponsor now on uh, on our podcast, particularly my podcast if you want to check it out. Uh, I have a ton of subscribers, and now we're going to have even more people who are listening via the 24-7 radio stream at RadioMisfits.live. Be a sponsor now. Get your advertising going now. Say, I want to advertise on the Nick D Podcast. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Get in there now. Uh, you can also be a part of the Nick D Podcast on a regular basis. Leave your voicemail at 773-417-6948. Leave your email at uh, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. We listen to every single voicemail that we get, and it's 24-7. Call us up anytime you want. We read every email, and we play a lot of them back and read a lot of them back on the show, including the ones where you uh, request magic megaphone messages exclusively for you. Uh, but yeah, the Radio Misfits uh, Podcast Network. Going, check us out. Rate and review us. We're available to download, subscribe. Uh, on every single format, so make sure you check all of that out. Exciting stuff happening. Subscribe to our podcast, go to uh, Radio Misfits, and go to all the uh, platforms, and definitely check us out and listen 24-7 to our live streaming service at radiomisfits.live. All right, coming up on this episode, Dr. Keith Lipinski is going to join me, pro wrestling uh, expert. we got a lot of wrestling stuff to talk about, lots of big stuff. Two big pay-per-views are coming up. Uh, AAW Pro is the company that he works for. they got a great live event happening in Chicago. And then Esmeralda Leon is going to join me. We're going to talk about we got some Magic Megaphone stuff. we got some dark lyrics to talk about. A packed, packed broadcast uh, today that you can hear by subscribing to our podcasts at every platform and checking us out at radiomisfits.live. Uh, where you can hear us 24-7. So 
Lots of exciting stuff happening. You know who's excited about all the developments? I am Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. She is so excited. So excited. We're all excited. You know who's excited? Dr. Keith Lipinski. We're going to talk to him about wrestling right now after I tell you that you need to be congratulated immediately. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jaggle. There it is. That's the theme. There it is. And uh, yeah, we're talking pro wrestling. It's a it's an incredibly big uh, next weekend is big uh, in the in the pro wrestling world, especially for the two competing, you know, giant companies that you see on television uh, multiple hours of the week. WWE and AEW both have big pay-per-views. We're going to preview those and talk about everything that's been happening on wrestling since we last spoke with Dr. Keith Lipinski. Who is uh, what is it? What is again? What is your title at AAW Pro? Uh, uh, jack of all trades, producer extraordinaire, uh, guy that likes to bring out the mop. All I mean, basically any sort of function you can uh, think of, I've done in the wonderful world of professional wrestling, which I've always thought of as uh, you know, like sort of a dinner theater without the dinner and a lot more sweat. Yeah, that's a great way of that's a great way of looking at it. Uh, we've we've uh, Keith is a, is a regular uh, both on my old uh, show at the car wash and here on the podcast. Uh, been a wrestling fan since uh, since birth essentially, and now uh, uh, has a great time working with uh, AAW. Uh, before we get into uh, catching up on uh, on all the stuff, first of all, tell everybody about AAW Pro and um, and you know what they can see there. And you guys have a gig coming up in, in June that we're going to talk about as well. That's correct. We are running uh, June 10th at Irving Hall, which is right by Six Corners across the street from the patio. It's a beautiful place. It was something where we got this venue because our normal Chicago venue, the fabulous Logan Square Auditorium, uh, was actually booked for a few months for an event. And I know you're thinking professional wrestling is what drives this building. Why would they turn away? There was a Star Wars theme burlesque show that is apparently still happening right now at the Logan Square Auditorium. Hence, they moved all the professional wrestling shows between us, AEW, and freelance pro wrestling to the Irving Hall, which the owner of the Logan Square Auditorium also owns. So it's it's I mean it's all it's a lovely lovely space. The backstage accommodations are wonderful. Uh, I have not been in the vault yet, but basically it's a former bank that's been turned into a, a hall. Yeah. And uh, it was something where we were told, uh, you know, it was something where we started promoting our last show, the Uno Mas show, which is available right now on the High Spots Video Network. And we were told, oh, by the way, uh, you guys can't run it at Logan. You have to run it at the other place. And we were actually pretty happy. Sometimes, you know, things happen in the wonderful world of pro wrestling and you have to make adjustments. And uh, running at this place was good. And I think it'll only get stronger as we run more shows like we're running there on June the 10th, which is a Saturday uh, during Midsummer Weekend for those of you that celebrate. 
great. So yeah, yeah. it should be a, another another great show. We've had some really fun shows this year. Our big our big big sort of storyline that we got going on right now is Robert Anthony, uh, better known as Ego Ego Fantastico, has come back to the company, and he was one of the first champions and he actually had an old school AAW belt on on him back in the day and he's worked all over the place and he basically came back to AAW to sort of save AAW and he's involved right now with a feud against Mance Warner who basically does a wonderful you know southern psycho gimmick where he's very reliant on plunder and doors and everything else and Robert Anthony has challenged him to a pure wrestling match and I don't know if you know what a pure wrestling match is Nick, but you can't use a closed fist. There are rope breaks. So Mance Warner is actually going to have to wrestle without, you know, plunder. So it should be something to see. I don't know if Mance has accepted that challenge yet. That's forthcoming. But that and our AEW heavyweight champion, uh, my good friend, Jake something, Mr. Ren Jones, who is, I think, one of the, if there was something where who should be wrestling in one of the big two organizations right now, well, mostly everyone on on the top and line, bottom of our shows. But Mr. Ren Jones is a, the swag champion, is a phenomenal athlete and a one heck of a promo who always ends his promos with he has a plane to catch even though he's wrestling later on so right. you can tell that this man is he's a busy busy man Nick. but yeah wow. aw pro definitely check us out uh, i mean we've been the leading independent wrestling provider uh in the chicagoland area for almost 20 years now so it's something where we have we have a lot of fun and we hope the fans have as much fun and they followed us and we sold out the irving hall in our first show there and hopefully that trend will continue on june the 10th yeah and it's called crush or destroy and i've been to aaw shows you guys do a great job the wrestling is great uh, the people and i right. believe this is right by where your parents live well and we are we we do want to basically we are accommodating of all ages so. well it's literally Literally, the Irving Hall is, I'm not kidding, right around the corner from where my parents live. Awesome. And, uh, uh, and I, I know that building. You said it used to be a bank. I went to high school in that neighborhood. I went to high school at Luther North, and I know that neighborhood. I can't tell you the number of times uh, as, as, a, as a teenager and as a child and as an adult, I've been to the patio theater across the street, which is directly across the street yep. uh, from the Irving Hall, and that's where you guys are doing your thing. Uh, crush and destroy on June 10th. It's it's a very cool place. A very it's a building that's got a lot of history. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm just hoping that one of these days we could have an Irving Park Street fight. So well, I know, um, I know that's got to be coming somewhere down the it's line. It's got to be come, bringing people out right on Irving Park. There, you can fight in front in front right under the marquee of the Irv, of the of the patio. It would be a great there place to, to beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> so crush and destroy at Irving Hall, which is on Irving at Austin, uh, across the street from the Patio Theater, and that is on June 10th. Uh, you mm -hmm. can get your tickets at aawpro.ticketleap.com uh, yes. to get your tickets for that. Um, before we dive into uh, analyzing what's been happening, it's been a while since we've spoken here on the podcast, so a lot of stuff has gone down, as usual, because if we don't speak for a week, still a lot of shit happens in, in wrestling. That's just and if, you, if you don't speak for a day, then yeah. things are, the wheels are in motion. There are things happening, especially with two major wrestling companies in the Americas over the last four years. So, yeah, there's always yeah. something happening right now. Two big companies, and uh, not even mentioning a bunch of the other ones that are out there as, as well, but the two big companies that, uh, that, that are vying for your attention nationwide. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But we, we'd be remiss if we did not lead, basically, uh, with the passing of a legend. And, you know, we throw the word legend around a lot, especially in wrestling. <laughs> um, but this guy was a legend. This guy was one of my favorites. Um, who influenced God? I mean, everybody. 
Uh, most, I mean, you, you cannot sit there and mention a pro wrestler that wasn't influenced by the superstar Billy Graham who passed away on Wednesday. I mean, he was, he was larger than life character. He was something where in the 1970s, he was at the top the pinnacle of the professional wrestling business, where you would look at guys like when Scott Steiner got rid of the mullet, he basically emulated superstar Billy Graham, like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, guys like that were huge fans of the superstar, like just a, a humongous, you know, here's a guy in the 1970s, award-winning bodybuilder, someone that was a training partner of Arnold. Like he was something where they, he could wrestle. He had a beautiful physique and the guy could talk. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Uh, absolutely. One of my favorites of all time. And again, as we, as you mentioned, some of the people, I mean, Hulk Hogan fully admits that he, that yeah. he took liberally from, from superstar Billy Graham and my God, Jesse Ventura. I mean, his entire gig. Yeah. <laughs> was, I mean, he basically was doing, he, in, he basically was taking the superstar Billy Graham character and just doing it his way. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was great in the ring, incredible on the mic, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, you know, had up and uh, ups and downs in his career, moved around to a lot of different uh, companies, but if he's in the hall of fame at WWE as, as he should be, um, but I just remember him being one of my favorite, most flamboyant, because I love, as we all, as I think most of us do, except for my mother, she's a, she loves baby faces. Uh, my mom takes it very seriously. But uh, most, most people really love heels, and he is one of the greatest and, and most colorful and most um, over-the-top and memorable heels in the history of wrestling. And uh, he was only 79, he was sick, and he had a, he had a rough go of it for a while. Yeah, he had health issues for years, though, Nick. I mean, like, you know, I didn't even know that uh, as early as last year, he had a bunch of his toes amputated. So, like, he has had, you know, basically the liver issues that he had in the early 2000s, more liver issues in 2010. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. Like, in 2013, I want to say that he had, like, maybe a heart failure issue. So, like, yeah, he's had issues for years. uh, But, you know, it's something where, you know, when you think about 1970s WWW, F uh, before they got rid of one of the W's and had to change the E. Yeah. I mean, this was a guy that sold, I want to sit there and say, while he was on top of the WWE, he sold out maybe 18 or 20 of the Madison Square Garden shows that he had lined. So like he was, he was big business. He was something, he was a character. The thing is when I started becoming a fan of pro wrestling was, you know, the 1980s. So it was something where my earliest memories of the superstar were him sort of being a manager and advisor to the rock Don Morocco, where it seemed that the thing they had in common was beautiful physiques and their love of tie-dye t-shirts and Hawaii. So like, you know, it's something where it took me a while to sit there and get what the appeal of the superstar was. But then you sit there and say, oh my God, it's it's like looking in the mirror with some of the guys that you've had. So I think Dave Meltzer said that the business would be very changed if there wasn't a guy by the name of superstar Billy Graham in it. And his book that he wrote a number of years ago is is a very interesting read. It is. It is. A, it's terrific. Uh, he was one of my favorites, and I. And it's always sad when uh, you know when a, when when a, when a pro wrestler uh, passes away. And uh, and you know you've been in the business for a long time, uh, Keith, and I've been a fan of it f- forever. Uh, we a, a, a lot of pro wrestlers pass uh, either at a very early age or or, or obviously you know uh, after years and years of doing you know like a lot of damage to your body. Uh, mm-hmm. In both your personal life and you know in the pro wrestling circuit, it's uh, it's a, it's a rough go, man. When you when you take on the world of pro wrestling, if you stay with it for a long time, uh, you know your number your number comes up a little bit earlier than most people's. 
Well, I think of it this way. So I'm turning 50 next year and I've never, you know, I've stepped inside a pro wrestling ring. I've never taken a bump, which means I've never, you know, taken a wrestling move in my life. And I get aches and pains. Kind of, I can only imagine that people that have spent, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 yep. years, the pains that they might be feeling as your body does a heel turn on you as you get older. So like, it's something where I'm, I'm sometimes astounded, but it's, 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 it's a rough, it's a rough business. It's a, it a real rough business to be in. Cause you have to always be cosmetically, you have to be in good shape and you have to be available to do the things that you need to do within that ring. Yeah. And uh, speaking of cosmetically in good shape, as you mentioned, the physique, on on the superstar Billy Graham, uh, you know, I mean, my God. Uh, so this guy was everything. He was larger than life. He was a huge build. He was the kind of guy that Vince McMahon loves, like in terms of the way he's built. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and big and had a great personality. Was incredible on the mic. Was influential. If you want to check out his stuff, it's you know you can you can there he's got they, they've got like a, a best of uh, video out there that's available. You can check him out on YouTube. Obviously, if you just Google superstar Billy Graham. Uh, the amount of hits that you're going to get of importance in the world of professional wrestling is monumental. He was a legend. I mean, especially in the, in the 1980s, after he was done with that WWE run that I was talking about, he sort of went after Vince McMahon. And I believe that there's a Donahue show that he's on with McMahon and everyone else. So, like, it's definitely something to check out on the YouTube show, on the YouTube side. So There you go. Anyway, the passing of uh, superstar Billy Graham, we could not talk about wrestling. I mean, we, we scheduled this interview, uh, you know, well before uh, superstar died, uh, but we had to, we couldn't go on with the conversation about wrestling without mentioning the passing of the great uh, superstar Billy Graham. So Amen. rest in peace, rest in peace, Billy Graham. Okay, um, so what? You know, we haven't talked since Mania. Your thoughts on uh, on Mania this year, the the two night event that it's now become. You know what? I I think I think last year or two years ago when they started the two nights, I was like, Ugh, why? But uh, honestly, this year I love WrestleMania. I thought the night one was awesome. I thought night two was almost just as good. I enjoyed both the main events because uh, both of the main events, even though they were on separate nights, were sort of uh, you know when you think about it, it's still sort of the one storyline that's yeah. happening yeah, with yeah. the bloodline and everything yeah. else. So yeah. I thought I thought honestly the the main event on night one. For I think for any pro wrestling fan of the last decade and a half that followed the ascent of both Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens' career, it was possibly one of the most satisfying payoffs you'll ever see because of the fact that no one ever expected those two guys to get in, yeah. you know, into the main event scene, but more importantly, main eventing one of the nights of WrestleMania, especially with, with uh, Owens' Last year, uh, with the match that he had with Stone Cold Steve Austin, like the fact that he has become a bona fide player, where I remember when he was signed by the WWE, people were just like, he won't get the shot because of the way he looks. He's not he's not superstar Billy Graham, to put it in a nutshell. But at the same time, with the character that he's cr created and with the Bloodline, which the last time you and I were fangirling over how great the Bloodline storyline has been where that's been something where it was a top storyline and really put the first half of the WWE uh, basically a rocket on there. And plus the whole Cody Rhodes coming back. And he, there was a perfect they, wrestling, as I've mentioned before on the show, Nick, is best when you have something that's organic that you could sit there and feed through where you're not necessarily creating strife where there's a backstory and the backstory of WrestleMania the main event between Cody and Roman was perfect for the fact yeah. that, you know, Roman's career wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for Dusty Rhodes and FCW, which later became next. 
And then, you know, Cody made his own way, but eventually got there, but wanted to bypass what his father did. That basically he wanted to be in that main event spot and become the world heavyweight champion. If, if you're not familiar, you know, uh, Cody's dad was the great, uh, another superstar comparison, uh, was the great American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And when he came to, he was always someone that was anti-WWE. He was the common man and everything else. He eventually did go over to the WWE and they did a lot of things that was sort of made to embarrass Dusty. Like for instance, they dressed him up in polka dots. They did a bunch of vignettes where he was quote unquote, the common man, including a famous one that I still quote to this day about him being a plumber and needing to do a potty bypass. And uh, that, that, that promo, by the way, features uh, a young Linda McMahon. So yeah, it was something where, uh, you know, Cody had his ammunition for what he wanted to do, that he wanted to basically make his family proud, but also more importantly, bypass his father. And the father was talked about during this and it turned out awesome. Yeah, I was very happy. And I thought, I thought both the women's big matches delivered, you know, in spades. I thought, I thought Bianca's match was outstanding. I thought, I mean, it was just, it was, it was, both were very good shows. And the thing is, I don't mind two shows if it's six or seven matches only. Like, I think, I think they flew by and I think they timed them perfectly and the crowd was hot for everything where it's something where I would rather have two shows spaced out as opposed to one show with like, you know, having it be like WrestleMania eight, where it seemed like there was 28 matches on the show. So yeah, I was very, very much a big fan of that show and a big fan of the aftermath. I just don't know necessarily. I'm curious to see where the bloodline story goes because I feel that now that we've gotten sort of to, I, I feel like any great creator, you create something that's awesome. And then it's the big question isn't, it is how long can this be grateful? Well, like, it's, what it's, can we do next? At this point, it's when is Jay going to turn? Is essentially yeah. what's that's that's what we're waiting on. Is essentially when is Jay going to turn? Um, you know, uh, and they're setting that up. Uh, uh, I think really nicely. I will say this: you mentioned the women's matches at WrestleMania. I was astonished that that Charlotte gave up the belt. Am I wrong to think? I was like, there's no way because she just came back. And I mean, it seems like she just came back and then like she gives up the belt. I'm, I'm, I couldn't believe that she, you know, knowing Charlotte's backstage attitude, that she would allow that to happen, that she would that because I thought there's no way that Rhea is going to win. I had I, I, I thought there was no way she was going to win. I, I feel that maybe Charlotte has learned a lot from uh, Hulk Hogan of knowing when to leave when it's proper and then coming back and getting that ovation. Uh, it's something where I felt that her and Rhea had, you know, I think one of the best WWE women's matches ever. So like it was something where, you know, her title reign wasn't that, you know, she was gone for seven months, you know, and then basically won the title for Ronda Rousey in under a minute. Uh, and then she was around for 92 days and then she's gone and potentially when the time is right, she can come back. I mean, we don't yeah. know what kind of injury she's nursing, but I mean, that was a hell of a match. It was to a great match. On, it was know, like, a it was great match. Yeah. It was no, something that- where a lot of people were sitting there saying, you know, people were talking a lot about the main event, the tag team match, because the Usos have been on such a roll over the last few years. And, yeah. you know, just the Sami Zayn has been so marvelous over the last few years. Uh, it's something where yeah. a lot of people were saying afterwards that that was the match of the night yeah. and maybe it was the match of the entire weekend. Yeah. No, I, you know, it's fantastic. I mean, listen, I you know, I agree with you. And 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 the fact that they that the Usos lost that match is a big thing. I mean, that was a great 
that was a great move uh, by mm-hmm. by the Bookers to do that and to to completely because I I never I never thought that the Bookers would let the bloodline split up like that. Um, and, and they did it and it was, and of course the pop that, that, that it got was amazing. Like the crowd went nuts. Um, when, when it was, and then it also, that also helps for the second night during Cody and Roman because, oh my God, this is going to be the worst weekend in bloodline history. And then I think they realized that basically the, sometimes in pro wrestling, the best part of it isn't actually where the person wins. It's sort of the chase to get to there. And, you know, I have enjoyed what they've done with Cody and Brock. Uh, I'm looking very forward to Brock mauling Cody in Saudi Arabia shortly. But yeah, I I feel like I was, I, 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 you know, calling myself a self-proclaimed pro wrestling expert, there's not a lot of times where I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do here, but I'm curious to see what happens. And in both cases of those main events, I felt the same way where I was sort of like, you know, I was watching Roman and Cody from a hotel room in Greenwood, Indiana, because uh, I was there on work. And I was sort of like, I don't know what they're going to do here. Because right. I mean, I, I don't feel necessarily the Roman Reigns story is over or close to being over. And the fact that he's been champion for so long, they need to make it magical. What other place would you do up a mania? But I don't know necessarily if they feel Cody is that guy yet so but yeah i mean i I feel i feel i was on such a wwe high after that that it was it it took it took a while to calm down i I gotta tell you uh i i'm sure that you know how i feel about cody rhodes i mean i can't fucking stand cody rhodes is it because you you admire his you hate his suits it's a combination of things i i dusty is you know one of the greatest ever Mm -hmm. love him uh i even i'll 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 take uh I'll, i'll take um uh, his brother over him, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, I, I, take I, Dustin I get that. Uh, any day, um, but I just can't, I cannot stand Cody. I think um, I don't think I think he's fucking terrible on the mic. Uh, I really do. I think I can't. He can't cut a compelling promo to save his life. Um, I think his ego is massive. I don't even think he's that good in the ring. He drives me nuts. And I thought for sure they were going to hand him the belt, and then. Um, I think Triple H comes out, you know, creates a new belt, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, well, they created this new belt just to fucking give it to Cody, just so he can have a belt, and then they knock him out of that tournament unless something is going to happen, like if when Seth eventually wins it, which I think he's going to, uh, when Seth wins the belt on Monday night or something, they're going to have him and Cody, and then Cody will win the belt. I just think that's going to happen because eventually. I think this whole belt was invented. This is how cynical I am. I think this whole belt was invented just to appease Jagoff Cody Rhodes. And, and that could potentially be the case. But in that case, might, might as well split off and have the story divert to eventually come back to that. You know, where yeah. it's sort of, a, oh, my goodness. Like, not only am I fighting because I wasn't able to get Roman's title, I wasn't able to get this new title that should have been created for me in my nice tie. So. <laughs> right. No, he just drives me nuts. Uh, I, I'm not going to get I just I, he. Every single time he comes out and he, ta- and, he, and he gets in the middle of the ring, I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be an endless eight minutes. And it is. It's an endless eight minutes. And I just can't stand the guy. And for me, the Cody that, that I think is the real Cody was the Cody that was at AEW before he left. That to, me, mm-hmm. that, to me, is Cody. And the only other time I've ever liked Cody Rhodes is when he had the shitty mustache. That's the oh, only... I- and the face mask with the shitty mustache. Yeah, exactly. The, yes, yes. The smoke and mirrors area of Cody, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, that's. I'll take that. 
I will take that. Uh, I will take that. Um, I, I also, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious the people that really love Cody, if I don't they can tell us why. I because don't there, there's got to be something there. Because, I mean, I, I enjoy Cody, and I've enjoyed what he's done in the WWE, but there's not anything where if you sit there and say, you know, like, why do you like Cody Rhodes? I don't necessarily have an answer where I feel no. I feel that you've been very persuasive here, Nick and, and Ruin. Like, but I've enjoyed <laughs> I've enjoyed the stories they've done with him in the WWE. I've enjoyed him I, tearing his pack. I enjoyed his awful reality show with his wife, who was the chief yeah. branding officer. But yeah. I don't necessarily I, I I've never gotten Cody either. But it's something where it seems like I I. I, I I would like someone to explain Cody Rhodes to me. I, I can't explain. I have no explanation because I'm baffled by anybody. I'm baffled by the guy that, that the guy gets a fucking pop every time he comes out. I'm, I'm like, what are you? What are you people? Are you people drunk? What is happening? Um, I did enjoy seeing Brock Lesnar beat the shit out of him and slam him, you know, for like five minutes at the end of Raw, which I thought was fantastic. And, I, and everybody was like, well, that was a, that was a Vince move. What do we, what, what's going on in, you, in your estimation, Keith, uh, the stuff that's been happening? Uh, how how much of uh, it behind the scenes is Vince pulling pulling some of the levers? My feeling is because of this uh, Endeavor deal, the WWE basically is going to be purchased by this company called Endeavor, which also owns UFC. So it's basically going to be like all combat sports under one level. My feeling is it's something where Vince is going. Vince obviously has a little bit more power than he did a while back. I don't think he's pulling all the strings. Yeah. But yeah. I think there are certain guys and certain programs that Vince would like to see. I the way I the way I see it is sort of like this. I see it being the family dynamic of me getting home and turning on a TV show, and you know, like the kids are like, "No, I, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch this." And then I acquiesce. I'm sort of like, "Okay, fine." But at a certain time, I'm going to sit there and I want to watch, you know, an old episode of Community, please, because I, I don't like any current shows because they all seem like fakes and sort of sitcom parodies that you'd see on Thirty Rock. Uh, it's something where the kids every once in a while will let me have my remote control. Yeah, yeah. But it's something where I have specific things that I enjoy and I try and go back to it. So my feeling is is that Vince definitely still has some bit of power. And more importantly, he also has a mustache right now, which, which again is our theme. <laughs> Mustaches are great, especially in the wonderful world of wrestling, yeah. because he did look sort of like a telenovela actor. Oh, he did. Is, he, lo- you know, he looked like uh, he did look like a Marvel villain. Uh, it was hilarious the first time that I saw him with that mustache. I don't know. I don't know what was on his brain for doing it, but I thank him. I thank but, him every day. But as for, for, for pulling the strings, I don't necessarily know how much of the strings are pulled or if it's something where yeah. they sit there and say, okay, here's Vince's slice of the pie and this yeah. is what Vince gets I, to direct and everything yeah, else. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think the remote, when you say like giving the remote back to Vince, I think that explains uh, Omos completely. Oh, yes. I, I, <laughs> but he did, but they didn't, have, they didn't have him go over Seth Rollins though yeah, so that was, I know. That was yeah, something yeah, so yeah, yeah. at least they're sitting there where Vince has always been a big fan uh, because of his love of superstar Billy Graham RIP yeah. uh, because of his love of size and yep. s- brute strength and yep. vascularity like he will sit there and look at a guy like that and be like oh that, that that's good I like yeah. that and like <laughs> sit there and push that forward where yeah. where you and I are just like oh my God, like, yeah, you know, know, like it's like it's like WWE had an advertising campaign in 1997 where guys were talking about their professional credentials. Like Ron Simmons was talking about being an all-American football player and they showed The Undertaker and it felt like they were just saying, I'm big. 
Yeah. So I mean, it's it's something where you know it's 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 something where especially in the wonderful fake world of professional wrestling, it's something where size and strength definitely does matter, and it's something where Vince is going to push guys like that. But at yeah. the same time, there's enough guys that are succeeding right now without being you know huge juiced out uh, monster types. You know, um, since we're on the subject of WWE, I think WWE is on has been on a roll for a while now, and they're and I, I think the product is better than it's been in a long, long, long time. Um, I don't know if you agree with me on that or not. I would I would tend to agree, but it's sort of a I feel that this is the first year in a while that like post WrestleMania there is sort of a little bit of a okay where do we go now? But that's a good thing because that yeah. means I care enough to that's, actually sit yes. there and yeah. pay attention to what's right. going on, right. and, and more importantly, like it's something where they can still do storylines like the whole thing with the bloodline and you know Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and involve different players. Like involve like a Matt Riddle or something like that, oh, and then sit, I, 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 I'm just trying to get all of Nick's I, favorites I in this. So, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's something where they they can sit there and it's not necessarily have to be a fast burn here. And I was when they announced the tag team match that's coming up for the Saudi Arabia show. I mean, uh, first of all, I was very surprised because both Kevin and Sammy have not been back to Saudi Arabia in right. many, many years. I mean, uh, I mean, Sammy Zayn of Syrian heritage has never been there. Right. Kevin Owens did the first one and hasn't been there since. So the fact they're, they're actually going to that, I was sort of like, wow, things yeah. change when you get the belt, but yeah. then realizing no things have changed in the world where they can accept Syrians now. So hence he can go over there that basically the issue that was preventing him from going over there has sort of been cleared up. So it's sort of like, okay, that's cool. You know, I, 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 I've always felt that both Zane and Owens definitely have good moral characters to sit there and stay away from stuff that they don't want to be touched with. So, right. right. Um, well, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, just in terms of that story, just, just the, the, you know, the, the, this story of Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn, both, you know, uh, you know, as works and as in real life is, is great. You know what I mean? And it, for, for, for them to know each other for all those years and like truly be friends for all these years and to have this finally happen for them and they're really headline and shit. It's great. It's great to see two guys like that who have consistently been entertaining and good. You know, if Sami Zayn can uh can kill with a program against Johnny Knoxville. I mean, he can do, yes. you know what I mean? And Kevin yeah. Owens, Kevin Owens has been fucking solid since day 1. And to have these guys together in, you know, and main eventing WrestleMania and, you know, coming out for the last match of Raw every week and, you know, um it's great. It's just if you're a wrestling fan and you like guys workers like KO and Sammy, it's really gratifying to see where they are right now and it's it's uplifting. As for me, someone that's known these guys for years, I remember the first time I met Kevin Owens, and I remember giving him the business card for when I was doing the Dr. Keith Lipinski show, and I remember him sort of no-selling it, and he might have actually thrown it over his back. But like I, I became friends with him shortly after because we both had our kids around the same time, and he was booked for AEW coming uh, June 10th at Irving Hall. Uh, and also, uh, you know, Sami Zayn, uh, I mean, I've, I've known him uh, since his character beforehand. And I, I would sit there and point to guys, if there's anyone within the independent wrestling industry whose mind you need to pick about how to hustle and how to do things right, talk to him. Because yeah. he he knew how to hustle and how to sit there and he would give guys lectures and tell them what they needed to do. So yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm thoroughly, selfishly, 
I am very satisfied with the route that those two boys have yeah. taken. I, I felt sort of, yeah. you know, I, I think there was a lot of long-term independent pro wrestling fans that were watching that night one of Mania feeling the same way. Where yeah, it absolutely. Felt like, yeah, this is someone, this yeah. is one of our guys who has yeah. fucking yeah. made it. Awesome. Absolutely. No, this I mean, and I, and I feel and I feel that way, and I'm not in the independent wrestling, but I've been following <laughs> it, and, I, and, and these are guys who, like, these are the kind of guys, these workhorses who I really fucking love. You know, these are the kind of wrestlers that I gravitate towards. You know, mm-hmm. and to see all those years of doing solid work, consistently great on the mic and great in the ring, and you know whatever program that they are booked into, no matter how stupid it is, they always make it work. Like you know, like for a while, you know, there were there was a, a couple of months where KO was being fooled by you know um, uh, Ezekiel, uh, 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 what's his Elias. name, Elias, Elias, yes, and his brother. That whole thing, you know, both those guys made that work, but that's a stupid program. But he made oh, it incredibly work. silly. Incredible. Yeah, but, but, it, but it, it was, but something... he made it, he made it entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like every time it's like, okay, well, I didn't dread that storyline when it would pop up. I'd be like, well, Kevin Owens is going to make it interesting, you know? Yep. Uh, so anyway, all right, listen, speaking of, of storylines and, and, and stuff, I, uh, I have to say one of the reasons why I'm so impressed with what's happening with WWE is, and I got to say this, it's the, it's the judgment day. I, 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 I never in a million years thought that they would be over as, as big as they did. What you know, it, it took a little while. Like I was at first when Edge came back and they did the whole thing. I was like, oh God, please. And I was very upset when Rhea joined them. I was like, oh God, don't do this to Rhea. You know what I mean? Because I love Rhea. I think she's one of the greatest. Well, obviously now everybody knows it. It took a it took a little while, but now people know how fucking great Rhea Ripley is. Um, and then man, this is really to the point where like now, who who's getting more heat than Dom? Nobody. 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 Nobody, you know what I mean, and and this is a guy who was like obviously oh it's a it's nepotism. He, the guy's not he's terrible on the mic. He's not very good in the ring. Oh Jesus Christ! He's just thank God he's raised son. He should thank the Lord. And now he's fucking killing. This is the I mean, what do you think of this? The Judgment Day and especially Dom Dom and 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 mommy. I fucking love what they've done. Ah, uh, I, I I feel the same way. I feel Dominic has done a remarkable job of. Uh, marketing himself as a complete prick and yeah. someone you want to boo in so many ways. I mean, I'm, I mean, just, just, I mean, I, the thing is he doesn't need to talk I know. and he will get booed. And that's that in pro wrestling is what we call, you know, like you're basically printing money where yeah. I don't need to sit there and have to talk. I don't even need you in my match. Cause you hate me. You yeah. know, it's something where yeah. that's what you want. That's what yeah. you want out of a bad guy is something where, you want to see him get hurt and you want to sit there and like, just, just how he's done with that character. It's, it's, it's it's marvelous. He does never has to be on the level of his dad in terms of pro wrestling, because probably you're talking about some huge or in race case, small shoes to fill, but at the same time, he's not going to be that technical wizard, that small guy or anything like that, that does stuff that innovates the game. He's innovating the game by showing us how great a shitbag heel can be. So, yeah, yeah he's been awesome. And, whole- like, the fact that they've done stuff for – the fact that they've done stuff with Ray and Rhea and Dominic outside of yeah. WWE yeah. programming and put yeah. it on social media is remarkable because you can do that in this day and age. And, and then WWE doesn't necessarily take advantage of that. 
But for this, they've actually done this. Like it's something where I remember like 10 years ago, they would do WWE network exclusive or after we came off the air and it wouldn't necessarily get as much buzz. I mean, there might be one or two things, but they don't even label this as a network exclusive anymore. This was sort of like, this is what was happening as our cameras were rolling and it's been, it's been gold and it's been a a whole, whole lot of fun. And it's something where people just look at him and boom. And I also think, I also think Finn Balor has sort of, I think the best Finn Balor that you have is not the, the, the cool guy that dresses up like a demon every once in a while. The cool Finn Balor I see is being a complete prick. Like when yeah. he did, when when Finn Balor, uh, originally known as Prince Devitt, did his big turn in New Japan to start the Bullet Club back in the day, that is my favorite version of Finn Balor because he was a sarcastic, awful prick and yeah. pro wrestling needs more sarcastic uh, you know, annoying pricks calling themselves the real rock and roller, the real straight shooter, where you're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. But it becomes so annoying. And it's just literally, you know, Finn doesn't even have to do anything. Finn didn't do anything when it came to the show that they had in Puerto Rico. Finn was just being silly and yeah. he was acting it up and he was doing a marvelous job of it. Yeah, yeah all of it. And, uh, and I think uh, I think Priest is great uh, now. I just think that whole faction is amazing. And I mean, can we just talk for a second about how over Rhea is Jesus Christ. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, she's a heel and they acknowledge it and you know, they boo the shit out of Dom. But then when she walks out, they start chanting mommy. And I I love that. I can't even, I've, I've loved Rhea Ripley since the, since the early days, man. You've always been a fan, always been a fan. And the fact that she is as over as she is now makes me unbelievably happy. I just, uh, you know, everything that, that she's doing right now is gold. Everything. Well, think, think about it this way. There has not been a Jezebel like that in pro wrestling in a number of years, you know, yeah. where it's something where there's a character like that who can also go. So she, Rhea Ripley, can, we always knew that Rhea could do both. But with the role that she has with Dominic and then her singles run as yeah. a competitor, yeah. she's really showing out both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And I also love the fact that they brought, and I'll tell you something, I didn't know what they were going to do with the factions, but when they reformed LWO, that works for me, man. It, to- I, it totally works for me. I love it. I Yeah, I, I agree as well. I mean, because it was something where, like, well, the LWO is back, and it's, yeah. it's something where I think some of the guys they have there, including uh, Jacqueline White, who uh, used to be known as DJZ and was living in Chicago for a number of years, former AAW Heritage Champion, AAW yeah. back uh, uh, June 10th. Yeah. Uh, it's something where it gave more of a role for him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was very happy to see that back, and I just hope that – I was hoping that they'd bring back some other names from the LWO, like uh, the Silver King, and then also L Dandy, but that's yeah. just my that's yeah. just really like I'm, I'm but, asking for way but, too much. But those guys though, the guys that are in LWO now are strong, man. Those are those are great wrestlers, and I'm glad that they're that they're now. I mean, obviously the t-shirts are selling, so people are happy about that, and that's a good thing. When your merch sells, that's a good thing, um, obviously. But but I love what they're doing there, and I and I'm telling you, I mean, it just you know. Uh, the the whole Rhea thing makes me unbelievably happy. And I think the, the all the women's stuff that they're doing right now is really a lot of fun. I I, I like that you know um, everybody knew Trish was going to turn heel, and you know I love Becky. And that's and Trish. the best. I, that's yeah. the best Trish, by the way. Like, it's don't, me too. Don't I give agree. me don't I, give me the one hundred percent pure satisfaction. Yep. Give me the one where she did the turn and aligned yep. with Christian back in the day. I, I agree damn, with you. 100%. Another damn Jezebel. So Jezebel's yep. mustache <laughs> plus mustaches. Equals professional wrestling greatness. So, there we go. That's what we've. That's that's how we've gotten. That's how we've covered the WWE. Now AEW. Let me first ask you, 
how you feel about uh, the reality show, The All Access. How do you feel about it? It's a show. I've watched parts of it. Uh, I yeah. mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan of reality shows. I think I think the last reality show I could possibly get into was The Real World, but then they did Chicago and ruined my city, and then I stopped caring. But <laughs> I, I, mean, stopped no, I, it, I, I stopped it. I stopped at Vegas. That's I was I, I yeah. it was something where where with Vegas it was something where like okay this show is just about people boning now that's it that's all where, it was it okay was like, good good well uh, we can move on with this but yeah uh, I, it, it, instead of being a really fun kind of almost interesting you know social commentary or study it was basically it by the time they got to Vegas it was like how drunk can you get and how much can we fuck that was it yes which which, which you know is usually great you would think I would enjoy that uh, <laughs> but but I, I I did not uh, but but so I, I but no so you didn't show. Yeah, you the all watch access it. show is fine. I, mean, I watched it. it. I, I I watch it, and you know, and I enjoy. I enjoy it. I mean, it's on. It's right. It's on. You know, right after Dynamite. So of course I'll watch it. I'm there. <laughs> I, I, I watch think, it. I and, and I'm a huge, as you know, I'm a massive fan of of Ruby Soho. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I loved the whole uh, storyline that they did on All Access uh, with uh, what's what's her ass. Uh, 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 Guevara's wife, uh, 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 Ty, Ty, yes, Ty. That whole thing, like she broke my nose on purpose, and that whole thing, and they made that into a whole drama on All Access, and I enjoyed that because I got to watch Ruby Soho talk with cra- crazy ass Eddie Kingston. You know, like that. Oh, yeah. I like. And I they've like been that. friends. They've been friends <laughs> yeah. for for many many years. Yeah. Like they were incredibly tight when they both were in AEW. At one point, Eddie was our champion, and Ruby was our heritage champion back. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> June tenth. Wow. Uh, but yeah, they've been tight for for years. I, I I think my problem with it is I wish it was something where pro wrestling moves at such a fast pace, uh, where it's something where they were talking about stuff that was a few months old, and it's something where I, I get it and I feel it should be documented, but it's something where you can't give me a show about what's going on tonight and then expect me to remember what was yeah. happening a few months ago when you sometimes don't even remember what was going on a few months it's ago. True. But that's it's just, true. That's just pro wrestling in yeah. a nutshell, though. Okay, well, what do you think of uh, of the upcoming um, uh, Double or Nothing, and how do you feel about MJF's reign so far? <laughs> I think MJF's reign so far has been fine. I'm very curious to see what the four-way is like, because it's something where, I, I don't know if you know this, Nick, but the four-pillar storyline, the four pillars is basically based off of a group of four wrestlers in the 1990s in all Japan pro wrestling, uh, right. which is my favorite that which is my that is my jam that is my wheelhouse that's gotcha. you know basically the guy that loves fog hat can tell you what album they like like i'm someone that can talk all day about the four pillars uh you know so every time they mention four pillars i think of masawa kobashi kawada and Tawe, not jungle boy jack perry darby allen mjf or sammy Guevara. although three of those people have showed up in, in aaw but uh, I'm curious to see how that goes because it's something where when it was just there was some intrigue, but I, I hate promos where guys will talk about the wheels that have been spinning while they've been at a company. Like, I feel that does no one any favors at all. I feel that this is going to be their chance and I hope they kill it because they, they need to kill it because it's something where everything that's been going on with the elite and the Blackpool Combat Club has sort of put that front and center but I, I, I have always liked MJF. I feel he's a wonderful champion and a despicable human being yep. uh, and just, just a, a great, I, I think he's a great world champion and this will be sort of the thing that he needs to do to prove it. And I, I'm just, I'm very curious, more curious 
But a little bit, it sort of seemed like as the WWE was rising high, AEW was sort of, I don't want to say going down, but like the interest wasn't necessarily what it was a few months ago. I don't know if it was because of the brawl out thing or anything else, but I know that AEW and their pay-per-views always deliver. And usually there'll be some stuff on there that I definitely enjoy, but it's it's sort of like, I I think the Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite stuff has been miles ahead of this four pillars match that's coming right. up I agree. Uh, during the pay-per-view. I agree. And I and I agree except I'll never ever like uh, I'm sorry, maybe maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, Hangman does nothing for me. He does I, nothing at all. And and uh and I couldn't get excited last night when when he or I'm sorry, the night before last when he you know when he returned, I was like I don't give a shit and I you know like I I and I I you know uh, I love Don's heel turn, and the, you know I thought that was great, and I love what's going on. I just I can't get into that guy, man. I just can't do it. Um, and I, I'm not, so, uh, where do you put him on the Cody Rhodes level, though? Oh, uh, he's yeah. higher than Cody Rhodes. Okay, just so I wanted to make sure. <laughs> no, he's, See, he's I like. High, no. <laughs> I like Hangman. I feel yeah. his when he was uh, having a problem with the sinful drink. That's my favorite era of Hangman, yeah. Yeah. and I think I think he's a very solid talent. Like I, I'm very yeah. curious. I, to I, see and, I'm the- and I'm really looking forward to that match. I mean, like I think no, no, the- I am too. I am too. And let me just say that, like, uh, my thing about about Hangman is not. I'm not baffled by why people like him and why he gets the pop. I am baffled by Cody's pop and popularity. Okay. You know what that I mean? That makes sense. Like okay. Hangman, I can understand why people like him. I just he's just not my deal. Uh, but but I can understand. And 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 uh, and, and I love and I, you know I love what MJF has been doing. I think it's fantastic. And 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 you know we got now two more hours collision, which will begin now on TNT. So that's yep. two more hours of 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 that. And I, I guess I did I see Thunder Rosa back. Am yes. I nuts? Uh, Thunder Rosa, Miro. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be the NWO Wolf Pack of all wrestling shows, Nick. No, I'm <laughs> I'm very curious about this because here's my thing about here's my thing about AEW. You know, it's sort of they were doing at one point they were doing the the Dynamite show, the Rampage show. They were doing a dark show, an right. elevation show that were on YouTube. Those dark and elevations of Switch, and now it's our, and now it's Ring of Honor. There's so much AEW contents out there right now. We're two more hours. I'm just like, oh my god! Like I, I, I realize that they have a huge, enormous roster, but I don't know if it's necessarily the law of diminishing returns. And then there's the big CM Punk question, which changes right. on an hourly basis. I mean, right. they haven't even they are right now as we're recording this right now. It's five eighteen. It's not five nineteen. Happy Kane Day to everybody. Uh, as we record this right now, they have not announced where that first show for Collision is going to be. The rumor was that it was going to be the return of CM Punk here at the right. United Center. Yeah. And the show was going to be called The Second Coming after the Stone Roses second record, because that's how big of a fan <laughs> they were of a 90s Brit pop act. Uh, but uh-huh. anyway, uh, it's something where CM Punk was removed from all advertising on it. There's talk, I believe Mike Johnson at PWI Insider. It looked like there was talk that Punk was going to come back at that show. But then he wanted to bring his trainer and longtime friend a steel in back as a producer for the collision show. And AEW apparently put the kibosh on this. Keep in mind, this is all rumor and innuendo. Yeah. So I do not get sued or show up on CM gotcha. Punk's Instagram. Yeah. But it's something where right now they they announced the like the first five weeks of the tapings for the show. But they have not announced the first show yet as they try and it, rectify the situation with CM Punk. You know, the CM Punk stuff is always interesting, too, because he showed up at Raw. Here in Chicago, yes. 
He showed uh, up at Raw, and then he also showed up at uh, Impact Wrestling. Was showing up, in, right? Uh, was showing up in Cicero. He showed up there, and apparently was spotted playing Uno backstage with people. And but you'd want to know sort of what other card games is CM Punk wanting to play with, and what other dressing rooms will he be coming in? Now I don't know if he will be at AAW on June the tenth, Nick. But I can sit there and say uh, we'd be happy to embrace him. Right. And if he brings Mousetrap, we would like that even more. But right. uh, yeah, I'm very very curious to. See it's yeah, what happens but I mean, here. it was I mean, the buzz that happened, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, online, you know, and the socials lit up because oh my mm-hmm. god, here's pictures of of uh, you know of uh, of CM Punk in the parking lot at Rosemont, you know, and oh Jesus, what does that mean? Blah blah blah, and then like oh they haven't announced the date, the the exact date yet, and everything, the show for Collision, and oh what does all that mean? And it just adds to the drama, the backstage drama. Speaking of drama, can we talk a little bit about what they've done with uh, Soraya and the Outcasts, which I love. I love you're it. A fan, you're a fan of this. You're I am a fan a, of these I, outcasts. Absolutely a fan because I love all three of them. Uh, especially, especially Ruby. I love her. Um, mm-hmm. I actually bought an Outcast T-shirt, but I do now. Now I want to get the offensive T-shirt. Uh, I love the fact that they are now selling the, just a shirt that says "offensive shirt" on it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the problem is, as much of a society as we think we are now in progressive. The, the the picture of a woman with a black eye isn't necessarily yeah. something where right. you know although although you know like people have made money off that in the past but like yeah. it's just something where it's not well people took offense not, to it because yeah. Britt Baker Britt Baker uh, got got her ass kicked by the uh, by the outcasts and she ended up with mm-hmm. a black eye and they took a picture of it and that was you know that was that they were wearing the t-shirts of that that was the shirt and people were offended by it because it was a you know a woman that was brutalized but the the point was it was in a wrestling match with another woman that was yes, the other correct. that correct. was the point it wasn't like you know it wasn't like you know pictures from a you know from a police file or anything about it wasn't it, like you know. a mugshot or anything no it wasn't like a mugshot that, so. it wasn't domestic it wasn't a domestic squabble or anything like that it was a wrestling match between women and and now they're selling shirts that just say offensive shirt i just love that <laughs> yep I think that's very funny, but no, I love those three ladies, and I and I kind of like. I, I, I how's that? Is are they over? They seem to be kind of over. It seems like they're getting there. I think if they showed more of their personalities, I, yeah, and I think they have. Like it's something where Tony Storm could be that prick girl very easily. Oh you know? well, she, she already has. She, she already she, has that delightful British accent. I mean, well, right she there, had a she had a killer good. she had a killer promo last night. Okay. Uh, where she was like the standout. You know what I mean? Like okay. she got the most focus. She had a killer promo last night. Um, uh, I think as... I think my thing with them was sort of the spray painting of the the opponents yeah. sort of reeked yeah. of like old school lameness, yeah. and I would like them to yeah. do something a little bit I, more the whole thing. modern. But 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 them yeah, together, listen, it works. Listen, the the you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, uh, they're called the outcasts. Anybody could have said, "Oh my god, wait a minute, isn't that the outlaws?" And they're spray painting, "Oh my god, NWO." You know what I mean? I yeah. realize that this is definitely shit that's been done a million times before. But I like where it's going, and I like the fact that those three teamed up. I, I, I would, I, 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 as long as it keeps Soraya out of the ring I, and more of a mouthpiece, <laughs> I'm all about it. No, because I, I don't know necessarily you're, if she can go like she needs no, it's, to go. I, I, so, you know, what you're, I know you're saying that for her safety. I realize that because yes. it's, it's, yeah, I, I understand that. I don't want to see anything to happen with her bad. Guy. I agree. That's all. Because I, 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 I care too much. It's not because I don't. Like her I understand, her. and I no, so. I understand. I completely, I'm 100 percent with you on that. Completely, I don't want to be on her Instagram either. So I got I you. To make I sure, understand. You know. Well, um, so we've got on uh, May 27th. No, May 27th. Yes, May 27th is WWE in uh, Saudi Arabia. That is Night mm-hmm. of Champions, and that'll be at noon Central Time. Yes, um, um, and um, then the, the Peacock, next night uh, streaming service. 
on Peacock, right. And the next night is Night of Champions. Or I'm sorry, the next night is Double or Nothing. Yes. Uh, AEW, and I will be watching that at uh, my local movie theater, as I often do. Nice. Uh, and so we've got those big pay-per-views coming up, and we'll see what happens then. But the strongest, you know, I mean, I, I think at this point, I'm, I, I watch AEW. I love AEW. I watch both shows. I will watch Collision when it comes on. I love it. But right now at the moment, and I go back and forth, and I think this is lovely. As a wrestling fan, you, you know, you, we always talk about this. Uh, well, let's watch all wrestling and hope that all the companies do well. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, I think I think WWE's got the edge. You know, I'm, I I would agree with you. I yeah. would, uh, but I I think I think though there's so much opportunity in AEW. I think it's just something where I feel a bloated roster and two shows, as long as they're done properly, could yeah. potentially be what they need right now, yeah. as opposed to sort of, I, I I feel a lot of times with AEW, we're seeing the same trick again and again. And sometimes, sometimes that, you know, seeing the same familiar thing breeds familiarity, which is good. But other times it's sort of like, okay, come on, we don't need to do this again. Right. Let's do something a little bit different. Like I'm shocked. Like that no one's been injured and there's not been a tournament announced over the last few weeks. <laughs> like, I mean, there are certain things about the AW programming <laughs> right. where I just feel, right. I just yeah. wish sometimes people would be like, no, we, we've yeah. done that before. Like, I, it. it's been yeah. a while since they've done a tournament. God bless. Yes, it's true. Uh, but anyway, real, real, real quickly before we go, uh, uh, again, Crush and, Destro- uh, Crush and Destroy, June 10th, Irving Hall at Irving and uh, Austin across the street from the patio. Get your tickets at awpro.ticketleap.com. Really quickly, though, I, I just love that Chris Jericho uh, continues to do the craziest shit. Like that whole match last night that he did, was, yes. you know, was fantastic. And he's what? How old is he now? He's fifty. Fifty. He's he's old, baby. You yeah. know, like and, he and, is. And, I, I don't know the exact age of Christopher Jericho. Yeah, but, but I mean, I mean God like, bless him, man. God bless him. That's all I'm saying. I wanted to end on that note. Fucking Chris Jericho continues to rule. <laughs> Imagine if he had a mustache, though. How <laughs> he great did for that a while. Did he have a mustache? He had a mustache. Uh, he, but I want to. I want to see him just with a, a fancy mustache and just yeah. sitting there. Yeah, right. Jericho has found so many ways to evolve through the years. He's, yeah. he's currently he's, fifty-two years of age. He's amazing, man. So. And that match he had last night. I'm, I mean, how many chest slaps did he fucking take? Wait, and Roddy, Rod, and Rod, Roderick, yeah. Roderick yeah. Strong has always been that guy. Like yeah. back in the day when Ring of Honor would run Chicago. There would be fans that would be stupid enough and drunk enough to have a few <laughs> drinks, take off their shirt, and have oh, Roddy no. chop them at the no. Roses parking lot. And it was just something where, Not my good. God, like he Not would good. put handprints on people's chests. Everybody. Well, all right. Well, listen, uh, Keith, always a pleasure, man. We'll get you back a little bit sooner than, uh, than the last time because uh, it's been too long. And, uh, and after these pay-per-views, maybe in a couple of weeks after that, we'll get you back on to talk more, okay? Awesome. Always look forward. Always a pleasure talking with you. And also happy May 19th, because this is a celebration of one of the worst WWE storylines of all time, where the WWE released a movie uh, that was originally supposed to be called I Scream Man, E-Y-E rather than I, involving Kane. And to promote the movie, they decided to have something where he was hearing voices in his head and the voices in his head were always saying, May 19th, May 19th. So I'm glad that we could celebrate this epic occasion of Kane uh, eventually becoming uh, the mayor in some town of Tennessee uh, by doing this podcast, Nick. There you go. All right. Ice cream, man. There you go. Check that one out. All right, Keith. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. There you go. Keith Lipinski, AAW Pro. Uh, is uh, is his uh, is the company that he works with. All right, let's get to Esmeralda Leon uh, right now. Esmeralda, yeah. Esmeralda Leon, yeah. Esmeralda, I'm talking about that Esmeralda. Esmeralda Leon. 
joins us on every episode of the Nick D podcast and uh, there is no exception even when she's in Las Vegas she manages to <laughs> to be You on mean the I've come back. You're back from Vegas. Hi Esmeralda. I understand that you won 6 million dollars playing craps. Yes. But I stay humble. Right. And I still do the show. You still do the show. That's right. You still You still even do the I am show. a millionaire. You're a millionaire, but you still are kind enough to do the show for which you get no payment. That's fantastic. Yes, That's it works amazing. out. I have $6 million. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, there you go. Cool. Well, good for you. Uh, so Vegas, baby. Yeah, there you go. Um, how uh, how was your trip if you went? Amazing. And you just got back. It was amazing, was it? Yeah. <laughs> there was uh, <laughs> desert. Yeah. And gambling. Did you go to the casino that is run by only dead people named Philip with three names? Was that? Uh... Unfortunately, no. it was closed. <laughs> it was closed. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Closed. <laughs> so you couldn't smoke a cigarette and drink a cup of coffee with Philip Baker Hall and you could not play craps with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Unfortunately, I uh, saw them in there. I walked oh, by. They were, they were inside. And they're just yeah. like, no, they yeah. were like, no, closed. And I was like, okay. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you are now a millionaire. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, that's very good. And you got some sun, yes, I'd you. imagine. And the mm -hmm, buffet. Hey, mm -hmm. the buffets, the food's cheap. Especially oh, yeah. If, you, if you've got a million dollars, you got a food's cheap. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's nothing. <laughs> it's it's uh, change. <laughs> chump change. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Chump change. Chump change. Yeah, it's nothing. It's All nothing. Right. All right. Well, cool. Uh, well, Esmeralda now is a multimillionaire. So that, there mm -hmm. you go. And uh, back. But from again, her I trip. stay humble. Uh, I will never ever uh, show that I have six million dollars. Got it. Because I'm going to stay the same. You're going to stay the same humble Esmeralda Leon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. You mm -hmm. are, even though you are the six million dollar woman. Yes. That's right. You're like you're like a, a what the hell, a Lindsay Wagner. You're like the the yep. modern day. You're the modern day Lindsay Wagner. Yep. Although hey, you're not full of like robotics bionic. or whatever. Yeah. No, so yeah. You ever think of you ever think about that? Because the last time we uh, we talked on the last episode, you know, we got into great details about what you're gonna what's gonna happen after you die, and I had no idea that you thought about this so much, but it was fantastic. Right. Now, <laughs> now that you're the six million dollar woman, have you ever thought? You know, you ever watched the, the the bionic woman and thought about what body parts you would like to have that were bionic? Mm. Have you ever? Oh gosh. Ever no, thought? actually. No. Well, which ones? Off um, the top of your head, is there is there anything that pops into mind? It's like, man, I wish this part of my body was 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 bionic. I mean, I like the idea of it. It's yeah. the execution that you have to go through these surgeries and things. And like, I'm thinking immediately what's come to what comes to mind is I don't know if he, he if he's considered bionic, but Johnny Mnemonic, the yeah. movie, yeah. And they dig out all those memories to make space for space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. No, um, you want the memories to stay in there. Well, yeah, because I mean, when they put something in, they got to take something out if they're gonna if they're gonna make you bionic, right? Right. Like, whatever bones, bye. You yeah. you have a robot steel now or whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. I mean, I grew up watching the Six Million Dollar Man. I loved it when I was a kid, and I had mm -hmm. the six. I had the Six Million Dollar Man action figure, which everybody did in the '70s. 
And I'm trying to remember what was bionic on the $6 million man. His eye. I know his eye was bionic. I mean, wasn't it just like... His arm and his, I think... Everything? No, 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 no. <laughs> Parts of his body. He was, we can rebuild him. They did the whole, uh, we can rebuild right, him. Right, but I thought it was like, when when I hear rebuild, I'm thinking like ground no, up. His, I think I think his legs, one of his arms, and his eye. Just one arm. Yeah, because because he was See, at the that reason point, why they rebuilt him. Both. The reason why they rebuilt him uh, was because he got all fucked up because he's an astronaut and there was a, a, a rocket crash or some shit, and so right. that's why they rebuilt him. And but I believe I'm not mistaken, and somebody will correct me because I'm sure there's there are multiple fucking geeks out there who have probably seen every episode. You know, oh, of course. Uh, of of Six Million Dollar Man, and I was a geek. I just have a bad memory. I don't remember anything, but I was a so. I watched, so his it eye, is um okay, yes. His eye, his one of his arms and I think both legs. Am I yes. close? Yes. You Am are I right? correct. I'm correct. You okay. Are completely right. correct. Okay. Uh his right arm. Right. Both legs and then left eye. Yeah, his eye. And so I remember, you know, what was really cool, Esmeralda, was so fucking cool when you got the the action figure cuz you have no idea Esmeralda how big the 6 million dollar man was with kids my age. Oh my god, cuz when that when that show was on I was like 11. And I, it was Lee Majors was the coolest dude in the world, and the Six Million Dollar Man was awesome, and nobody knew what robot, bionic, none of that shit was. Nobody knew, you know, nobody really did that kind of stuff on TV. Right, right. And so when you got the action figure, you could look through the back of his head and see through his eye. <laughs> so basically, uh-huh. if you if you were to Google, if you were to Google, um, like now the what six... was that? Was it magnifying anything? No, or... it was just a it hole. It was just a hole. Yeah, okay. you looked through the cool. hole and went, oh, cool. <laughs> Like you could see You're through. You're like, his... oh, bionic eye yeah. hole. But if you, but uh, by the way, if you were to look up, like it, if you do it, you just, I, I, I see you're doing searches. Um, uh, you can look up if you look up bionic, or if you look up six million dollar man action figure, mm-hmm. and look at it, you, his eye is all fucked up because it's gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you look at and and you look well, at. Well, I it, had it in. Uh, if you remember, it was in. Um, the what's the Virgin movie? <laughs> The what? It's forty year old virgin. Oh, 40. Oh, they're right. Yeah, forty year old virgin. Yeah. Well, he he, he had, had one. He well, he also had the he also had the six million dollar man's boss. Remember they made they made fun. Oh, of him right. He had, he, he had. <laughs> I mean, it's a set. Yeah. You know. Exactly. But anyway, but you could look through the back of it. But if you look at the doll, like if you look at the action figure, the 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 actual action figure, of the six million dollar man, it's ridiculous because there's a hole like where an eye should be. Like that's and it looks right. ridiculous. So and it has no. I think it's funny that it has no uh, anything. It's just literally a hole. Yeah. In his no, that's it. Head. It's exactly that's all it is. It's like you're a little kid and you look through the hole in the back of his head and go, "Ooh, I can see what he sees," which is nothing. <laughs> which is essentially nothing. <laughs> which is nothing bionic. Nothing, nothing. Uh, extra extra. And, and I don't remember what Lindsay. I don't know, remember what the Bionic Woman because her show was called the Bionic Woman. It was a six million dollar right. man and the Bionic Woman. I don't remember what she had that was bionic. I think so her, both she, both of her legs. I think. Yes, she had the same thing except she had uh, cybernetic implants put in to her uh, right ear. Oh, okay. So instead of an eye, so she, she had an ear. Listen, exactly. Okay, all right. But yeah, she got her arm and and both her legs as well. Okay, so she was the same thing. Arm, both like because they want the big thing was they can they the, the, the big thing was they can run really fast. I just remember like that's why both legs were bionic in both shows so right. that they could run really fucking fast. That was the that was the thing. 
Interesting. So now I find we... it I find it funny that she is just a professional tennis player who got hurt and then they just decided to save her life. To make her bionic, yeah. Yeah, they were just like, Yeah, let's do it. Because I could I I can understand the six million dollar man because he's an astronaut. Right, exactly. And they're like, No, we can't lose him and we, we know things. You know, they have the stuff there. But she's right. like just a person, just a really. Yeah, she's just a chick yeah. who, plays, who plays tennis. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I guess. It was one of those things. It was at that time, uh, there was like this, you know, like Charlie's Angels was big. and Right. So, and, and they were like, well, we want the little girls to have someone to look up to. Not, not that's the little great, girls. That's great, but I think it's bogus yeah. that she's just a tennis player. And oh, no, exactly. It. Exactly. But that makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's the portrayal of a woman in the 70s. Like, ah, she's not special. Just... Of she's course, a, she's, she's just a, chick, a professional just, tennis player. Just make her bionic. It doesn't make any. It doesn't have to make any sense. <laughs> oh. oh man! All right. Well, how the hell did we get onto the bionic uh, thing? Uh, I don't know. I don't either. I have no Honestly. idea. Honestly, okay. I don't either. I don't know how we got there. We were talking about being dead. Oh, maybe maybe we got from the. Oh, like what bionics would y- would I get if you could? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what you wanted for your funeral, but what would you want if you right. were bionic? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I get. It's it just it's very unsettling because they gotta replace whatever. So say it's your arm, yeah. Like they gotta replace that whole thing, and then put whatever weird fake skin on it. I guess. I mean, I guess to yeah. this point, at whatever point we're doing that, it's gonna look very real. Yeah, I mean, it looked. It, I uh, you I just know. don't like the idea. Unless my arm is completely gone. Right. I'm I'm hesitant to 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 go to bionic. Replace it. Right. <laughs> All right. You know, All right. I'm I, I'll keep the original. It's you know, because the problem is, once you go bionic, then you eventually you have to fight Bigfoot. That's that's what happens. I to mean, both. they're happens. gonna be like, "Hey, you're bionic, right? You Help have to us fight, out, please." You have to fight Bigfoot <laughs> and uh, John Saxon, who was a robot. So you have to fight those people. That's gonna happen. I mean, and, they're in the wings, waiting yeah, in the wings until the bionic you. people show up. <laughs> robot John Saxon and Bigfoot are waiting to kick your ass when you get those bionic legs and eyes and ears yeah. and shit. So, well, that's yeah. why that's why Bigfoot hasn't really shown his face. <laughs> you only see for... sighting. He's waiting for the bionics to waiting kick for in for people so he can in. then fight. There it is. All he's right. got a he's got a code. He got... he goes by. You know, he, Bigfoot's he's got a trying plan. to he's got a he's plan. trying to find somebody who's equal to him. Right. <laughs> and I none of us mentioned... are. By the way, so. that's true. I love that you mentioned Johnny Mnemonic. I love that that, that that's a I, reference that's point the for you. first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> I love that you mentioned that because that's a uh, that, that well, was a movie. They have they have bionics, don't they? Yeah. Like aside from him with the space yeah. in his head. No, the thing here's but everybody's the thing, all like bionic and stuff. Here's the thing about Johnny Mnemonic is that now when that movie came out, it got slammed. And and people were like, It's ridiculous. Oh, I see that. And they and they were like, Keanu's a jackass. This was before, you know, the Matrix and stuff. But when The Matrix came out and everybody was like, oh, Keanu's suddenly cool now and The Matrix is awesome. But you know what? A lot of the ideas that The Matrix explored were, were really set up in Johnny Mnemonic. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. Keanu was a, a fan of the cyberpunk genre before anybody was. And so now people look back and go, oh, well, Johnny Mnemonic's pretty cool. Like, oh, really? Because you were slamming the shit out of it when it came out. You know? Yeah. And it wasn't, it's Johnny not a very Mnemonic. good movie. It's not. A, it's no, not a very good movie. No, not at all. But there are a lot of great. <laughs> I, there are a lot of great ideas in it that Keanu wanted to explore because he loves cyberpunk. And then finally, the project that did it well was three years later when he made The Matrix. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So I don't know. But anyway, but I love that Johnny Mnemonic is, is the first thing that you thought. Of. I love Johnny Mnemonic. And I then I also love that it's like the the string of movies with like Henry Rollins and yeah. Ice T. Ice T was a dog. <laughs> Ice T was a goddamn dog in it. No, no, no. You're thinking of... He, uh, he, no, that was Tank Girl. Of he was, Tank Girl. Yeah, he yeah. was a dog in Tank Girl, right. Which is a movie I love. I love Tank Girl. I love that movie. Uh, yeah, no. Tank Girl, Johnny Mnemonic, like all yeah. those kind yeah. of movies. Great. Yeah. I love great them too. Movies. Tank Girl, I legitimately loved. Uh, Mnemonic is a stupid movie, but I still like it. But like Tank yeah. Girl, I think is legitimately a good movie. Like I love that movie. And I love Laurie yeah. Petty. I love Laurie Petty. She's one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, oddly enough, speaking of Keanu, she's in Point Break. She's fantastic in Point Break. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, would go on to like Orange is the New Black and stuff. And she's just a funky chick, man. You know what I mean? And uh, and when she got Tank Girl, she went 100% into that role, man. 100%. And it went so, it's so perfect. It is. It is. And you know what's great, what's great about, about Lori Petty is that she was in that dumbass um baseball uh, movie with madonna and rosie uh, oh that's right league of their own she's in league of their own yeah which is a fucking terrible movie and she was that was a very successful movie and she could have gone on to do you know straightforward you know stuff like penny marshall movies and more stuff like that mm-hmm. and she does tank girl and i was like god bless you man oh, you know what i mean movie. like <laughs> and that movie is so good it's the best oh. man it's got iced tea as a dog how do you not i mean how can you not <laughs> Love a movie with Ice T. Yeah, Ice T is a dog. Uh, Naomi Watts is Naomi in it. Naomi Watts is in it, and she's like nine. What? How old is Naomi Watts? And she's so fucking young in that movie. She's she's pretty young in it. Yeah, I would say probably early twenties. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. I I really do. And if I'm not mistaken, Rachel, uh, can you Google it? Because I think Rachel Talalay directed it. If I'm not mistaken, it was Rachel Talalay. Um, uh, if I'm was... not mistaken, uh. I, maybe I'm wrong on that, but um, do, 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 do. where but is it? You, yes, you are it correct. Was Rachel Talalay, yeah. You, she, you know what? You know she's directed a, a couple of a terrific filmmakers. She's really wild and and she's a crazy chick. You know she directed uh, our, our 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 good friend Lisa Zane from Chicago. Billy Zane's. Uh, you should listen to your friend Billy Zane. Billy Zane's brother or sister, mm. Lisa. Mm. She killed Freddie. In the 3D movie, um, uh, you know, Freddy's oh, Dead. Nice. Lisa killed him, and Talalay directed that movie. Rachel Talalay directed oh, that movie. Yeah. Very nice. So, very cool. All right. So, we all want to be bionic at some point. That's it. Well, you want to be yeah. You want to be a tree. Maybe. So, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, the complete opposite of being bionic, because right. it's the most i guess most natural thing you could do it is it is Uh-oh. i'm just Uh-oh. gonna become a tree hi i'm carrie russell and hi, i carrie. love nick oh. show hey she's dressed up like tank girl oh hi, I'm oh carrie nice russell, and i love nick show now you're gonna have to wait for your hair to grow back now uh carrie Oof, <laughs> yeah <laughs> or it's a wig you know or it's a wig yeah all right carrie thank you carrie yeah yeah man oh, yeah all right. Uh, so we have a uh, magic megaphone request, Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I will play it, and then I will play the voicemail explaining it, okay? Got it. Because, again, if you have a magic megaphone request, if you want me to say anything into the megaphone or play something, record something into the megaphone, goes out into the ether and it becomes part of the, part of the world, we grant those megaphone wishes to you. <laughs> oh yeah and you can do it via voicemail or leave any kind of voicemail 24 7 773 
or you can do it via email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so this is, I will play, I will, I will actually play the, the, the megaphone message, okay, Esmeralda? Mm-hmm. And then explain it as I normally do. Got it. This one might be a little bit, I, I, I don't think, you know, some of them are obvious and you can hear it and go, oh yeah, I know what that is. This one, not so much, I think. Okay. I don't know. But by way of explanation, we will hear the voicemail. But here is the megaphone message, and this was requested by JR, who, by the way, was shot in Dallas in 1981. I don't know mm, if you know that or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. And it's come back. And he's come back. Yes, it's a JR megaphone. has come back. That's right. So JR requested this. Here we go. Shot sweet freedom, shine your light on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot sweet freedom, shine your light on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot sweet so, freedom, shine your light on me. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh huh. So, um, <laughs> any idea? No, that none, none whatsoever. No. Clue. Now that that's me, by the way. That's not that's right. Me. I but good you, job. So you don't, good job. You don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever it is, very convincing. <laughs> and so this Real is good. One, one more time, and then I'll play the voicemail explaining. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So that's. <laughs> what is going through? What, is, what do you think that is? Do you have any idea? I know. I mean, you don't so know. I'm, is it, is it um, South Park? It's Is not it something from South Park. No, although I think that this person no? that I'm okay. uh, wait, uh, but I'm almost positive that the person that I'm imitating there mm-hmm. has been has been mocked on South Park. I would. I okay. Think. All right. Is it Michael McDonald? Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was a... very good. Yes, it is. Wow. Now I feel good about my impersonation. I'm just thrilled now. Took you a while, but yeah, that's what. Yeah, I went. I went the long way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway, here's the voicemail. Then I'll explain a little bit more. But this is the voicemail. Uh, here mm-hmm. we go. Nick, been listening to you since you started with Roy Leonard. Just last week, I was listening to. That would be Michael McDonald, Nick. Your best impersonation. I hope that you'll be able to do that through the megaphone. I'll be listening, waiting for it, and probably die laughing. Thank you. This is Jr. from Idaho. Bye. So there you go, Jr. from oh my Idaho. goodness, from Idaho. From Idaho, and he's been listening wow. since I was on with Roy Leonard, which means he's been listening to me for like thirty-seven years or thirty-eight years. <laughs> That's yeah, and he thinks that my best impression is uh, is this. Michael McDonald. Anyway, he wanted to hear my Michael McDonald. <laughs> um, very good. I hope he enjoyed it. Well, you know, we were talking. We actually mentioned the forty-year-old virgin the le- you know the last time we spoke. Right. Uh, and there's that fantastic running gag in Forty-Year-Old Virgin where they work in the electronics store and Jane Lynch mm-hmm. is the manager. And she just keeps playing the the DVD of the Michael McDonald concert over and over and over again, <laughs> and it's a, and it's funny every time. And then there's that and Paul Rudd comes up to her and goes, "Listen, you need to take this thing off right now because I'm gonna nothing against Michael McDonald, but I swear to God, I am gonna yamo burn this place to the ground." I <laughs> remember. <laughs> 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 uh, so this is that's a big the Michael McDonald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big. Um, 
inside joke, not really an inside joke, but an impersonation and a joke that my friend uh, Scott Oaken and I do constantly. Mm, and okay. I remember seeing 40-Year-Old Virgin, and I called up Scott afterwards. This was before I had a cell phone when 40-Year-Old Virgin came out. And I right. called up Scott afterwards, and I'm like, dude, you have to see 40-Year-Old Virgin because there is a Michael McDonald running gag through the entire <laughs> movie. <laughs> I am going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. <laughs> So, all right. So there we go. If you have a magic megaphone request, if you want me to do a bad impersonation, or if you think my Michael McDonald is good, you can a good impersonation, leave your email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com <laughs> or voicemail us at 773-417-6948. So there you go. Um, hey, I wonder if Michael McDonald has ever written some dark lyrics. You see how I segued there, Esmeralda? You see how I did Oh, professional. Huh? Yeah, that's it. That's why, I, got a, that's why I, I had a plaque on that in the sidewalk there, and it's now in my kitchen. On the <laughs> leaning against the wall. <laughs> um, so we've 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 attempted to talk about dark lyrics and you know and and kind of fucked up lyrics for songs that might be upbeat. But the last time mm-hmm. we got completely sidetracked and had an incredible conversation about what you want uh, to happen after you die. Um, yes, which is uh, one of my favorite conversations we've had in a while. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but now you got a new lease on life because you're a millionaire and you just got back from Vegas. Yeah, and I might get some bionics. You might get some bionics. You got. You can afford it. <laughs> Shit. You don't even need yeah. an accident now, Esmeralda. You don't need an accident now. You can just go, I want I a bionic. I just, whatever. Yeah. Bionic Give up my- Give me a bionic foot. Bionic, <laughs> bionic up one butt cheek. Yeah, that, just one. Just one butt cheek. So you can like, I don't Although know. Although how like uneven would that be? <laughs> it's like if you're sitting on the toilet, suddenly, boom, only the left side goes flying off yeah, the toilet. Yeah, it seems, yeah, it seems a bit. You'd have to do both. That's like if you're you a guy. Just give me, set. just give me one. Uh, just give me one bionic testicle. That'll be. I mean, I got you. Got the money. Well, I got the money. You got you... the money. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I definitely don't, Esmeralda. I definitely don't. Um. So, okay. Well, with dark lyrics. Now, let me start off. Now, this is an article that we were looking at, and you've seen it, and we've perused it, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. And by the way, if you want to uh, participate in any of these uh, things that we talk about, questions or comments, or you know. Uh, additions to the podcast, leave an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com or a voicemail, 773-417-6948. So uh, surprisingly dark lyrics. Now, here's one that they have that I've always found a little disturbing. Mm-hmm. And it's Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Uh, and it's the song I'm on Fire, which I've always found disturbing. Like I hear it and I'm like, and even even the kind of, it's a very dark song. Mm-hmm. But like the line, the line is, hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go away and leave you all alone? Oh, I got a bad desire. Oh, I'm on fire. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Little why, girl. Why is, um, little... I think it's funny. You, you made Bruce Springsteen sound like Johnny Cash. I did, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I did. Well, it's, you know what? I mean, I, I think it's already, it's already known that I can only do Michael McDonald. I mean, that's the only, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's <laughs> so anyway but you know that song is that's disturbing hey little yeah. girl is your daddy home did he go away and leave you all alone i got a bad desire what I is mean, happening even, bruce what even even just that first line i know <laughs> it's it's like even if you are speaking to a grown woman yeah it's so like creepy. It's it is. real creepy. It is. It's really, really weird. 
It's really, really weird. So I don't know. Now I don't. I'm not a big Springsteen guy, mm-hmm. um, at all. In fact, I'm not a, a Springsteen fan at all. I've always found it hilarious that people are like, because I go like, I don't like Springsteen. And they're like, yeah, it's because you haven't seen him live, man. He's unbelievable live. He plays for like three hours, and I'm like, well, that's not going to help me. Unless he plays somebody right. else's, unless he plays somebody else's music, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like <laughs> you don't like him because you don't right. like the songs, right? So that three seems like hell on earth, right? So so three hours <laughs> of stuff I don't like is not going to be better than you know like an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, and so I don't know what the song, why he wrote it. I'm sure there's a very significant, you know, reason why he wrote it, and I'm sure it has something to do with a union and a screen door and nom. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that, that has something. Well, some... according to um, according to Wikipedia, he just kind of made it up. <laughs> Did he really? Uh, apparently, it was just impromptu. Uh, yeah, he didn't really. Uh, he started uh, the the whole thing took place in impromptu fashion when Springsteen started making up a slow tune on guitar for some lyrics he had. I wonder if it was just the Hague little yeah. girl bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of which had been written for Spanish eyes. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. And then, like, everybody else heard it, and then they started writing stuff, and then this came out. Wow. All right. Well, there's the history of... <laughs> uh, uh, so it was I'm very, like... Yeah, it wasn't anything... From from what Wikipedia says, nothing really prompted nothing it. Nothing prompted it. Okay, all right. So it wasn't he about. He was making. He was just it was, coming. It up was with not words. about a front. It was not about a front door and a porch and a and nom. And it wasn't not about. Not this time. Wasn't about Wendy. <laughs> it wasn't about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not this one. Right. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, it, anything else in this article that uh, that you saw? Some of the lyrics that you were like, "Wait a minute, that's pretty dark." Uh, well, I was, uh, looking at the, the Beatles one and, and the Beatles song wasn't this particular one. It made me think of another Beatles song that is just, I, I'm very confused. I mean, I'm not confused, but I understand why (laughs) it's just real bad. Uh, the Beatles run for your life. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs> real dark. You better that run one for your doesn't life even you can, girl. Yeah, yeah that one doesn't yeah. even uh hide it. Yeah. It's just frightening. And again, referring to her as a little girl. Like I'm gonna kill yeah. you, little girl. <laughs> yeah. Although it's real upbeat. It sounds real. It upbeat. is no absolutely that's the point. So there's like, that. So yeah, yeah there's like, that, like, I guess. Until you're like you're like, yay, and then you hear you start singing the lyrics, you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck? You better run for your life if you can Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, the Beatles, mm-hmm. yeah, they 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 weren't they weren't above going a little dark every once in a while. Right. And there's um Jeez, which the one where he's um oh she was just seventeen. Yeah, if you know what you I mean. Know yeah. what I mean. What? Yeah. No, I don't yeah. know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I got to remind you of that SNL skit. The uh, which one? The one where they do the old old timey songs. Oh right, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like the the commercial, right. and they start listening to the actual lyrics, yeah. and they're like, "What in the hell?" Yeah, what the hell is this? Yeah. I guess, you know, you were more lenient on that stuff in the 60s, I guess. You know, like, yeah, she's 17. You're just 17 and you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, 
See, and then that's where I'm like, well, why would you Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis, Jerry, Jerry Lee, G, Jerry Lee Lewis, yeah. Jerry Lewis. Oh, Jerry Lewis, Mary, let's not be smirched, Jerry Lewis. No, Jerry Lewis, <laughs> Jerry Lewis enjoyed young ladies as well, but not quite as young, and not and not related. He did not enjoy cousins who were thirteen. That was not that's right. not something that Jerry Lewis did. Jerry Lewis did a lot of shitty stuff when he was alive, but yeah. he did not he did not marry his thirteen year old cousin. That's one thing he. did I not do think do. it's interesting though that like. That's the line, I guess. Is the was the cousin bit people were angry about, or was it the young bit <laughs> with Jerry Lee Lewis? Yeah, I think it was both. <laughs> or it was just a combo. They're like, no, one or of, the other. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you saw. Do you ever see the movie Great Balls of Fire with Dennis Quaid? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what? My old friend uh, Tobo is in that. Steven Tobolowsky's in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and you know who played the cousin in that that he marries? Uh, uh, it's um, what's her face? When, it's Winona Ryder. <laughs> Winona there you Ryder. go, Winona yeah. Ryder. Yeah. yeah, it's Heather. It's one of the. Well, she's she's not a Heather. Sorry, uh, but right. she, she's in Heather. She's not a Heather. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, she she played the cousin in that. That's actually a really, I think, a very underrated movie. A lot of people hate that movie. Um, yeah, I like that movie. What's um, gosh, who was Jerry Lee Lewis? Uh, it was uh, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, he's he played a really he, good he was, Jerry Lee Lewis. He was fantastic. He's great. He's great. And just having seen him on the big screen again in the right stuff, he's so goddamn good in the right stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dennis Quaid. I'm always a, I've always been a fan of Dennis Quaid. Always. Uh, Breaking Away, man. One of my favorite movies of all time. He's so fucking good in that movie. Um, yeah. So. And uh, uh, remember- another. Uh, yeah. Another person who liked the young <laughs> ladies, which I didn't know about this. Who? Uh, Charlie Chaplin. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about that at all. Yeah, and no, then we watched yeah, we yeah. watched Chaplin, and then yeah, and then I did a yeah. deep dive, and I was like, no, oh yeah. Yeah. wow. Now that All was right. that's that was uh, at, at you know Esmeralda at a at a in another time period that was a very popular thing. <laughs> it was just yeah. shockingly common. <laughs> yeah, it was shockingly Ugh. common. Yeah, I know, I know. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? <laughs> Did he go? God. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, creepy, man. Very, very creepy. But yeah, no, so you discovered that. Oh, so God, you watched the Robert Downey movie and then went, uh oh. Yes. And then just went a deep dive. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> because watching them, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Oh. I didn't really know my, I honestly should not have watched the movie. Yeah, well, you should not have watched the movie because it's not very good. But uh, <laughs> but then also watch the movie just, you know, because now I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, actually, I will say this about that movie. It's not a good movie, but uh, but actually Downey's really good in it. He's really, really yeah. good in it. Uh, but the movie's not good. They've, that's a, it that doesn't was a, really – I'm very confused – not confused by it, but it just seems – like nothing really happens. It was a blown opportunity because Charlie Chaplin's story is a fascinating one. And yeah, Richard Attenborough directed that. I mean, he directed Gandhi and shit like that. And um, uh, and it was a blown opportunity. But but I'll tell you what, man. Robert Downey Jr. showed up to play. Man, he showed up. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like no, Bo- it's really like good. it's it's like Bohemian Rhapsody, which is a piece of shit. Um, but Rami Malek showed up to play. You know, like he did mm-hmm. his homework. Yeah, he did his homework. And I mean, unfortunately, it's one of the worst movies in most historically inaccurate just uh, two hours of absolute lies yeah uh, and it makes me angry that movie makes me absolutely angry but you know what it's not Rami Malek's fault man he showed up and he did his thing and uh, and that's true of that's true of uh, of Robert Downey and Chaplin too because he's fucking great in it it's just not a good movie it's, he did get yeah, nominated it just he doesn't did, seem like nominated. nothing happens in it 
Yeah. No, well, I mean, what <laughs> like they you're did always, was they... I'm always waiting for things to get, and then it just kind yeah. of now. Now, Esmeralda, when you saw the movie and then you did the you did the deep dive, um, as fucked up as it was, it was much more interesting than the movie, though, right? I mean, because there's an interesting yeah. story. There's an interesting <laughs> story that they did not even tackle in the movie. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I and, 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 and in addition to you know, like all the dark shit and the young ladies and all the kind of good, the not good stuff that Charlie Chaplin did, they didn't even really uh, appropriately describe or reenact what he did for the film world. You know what I mean? Like that was mm -hmm. even not, not well done. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. one of the most important figures in the history of cinema and even that's not played well. <laughs> so, you know. Um, yeah, they they kind of leave you like want they 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 leave you wanting more, and you're just kind of like, I and it's long. Yeah, yeah. it's so long. Yeah, it's, and it's, nothing. It feels like nothing gets going. Yeah, it's it's a Richard Attenborough. Uh, you know, Richard Attenborough is a director who is also an actor. By the way, he is the uh, as an actor, Richard Attenborough, because he directed Gandhi and a bunch of other long movies and he's you know he also but he, he did direct magic with anthony hopkins uh, and ann margaret and the and where he's the crazy ventriloquist with the fats mm. the dummy he did direct that which is a good movie but he's the guy for if you don't know who he is as an actor he was, he was an actor first he was a very famous actor first on stage and then in film but he's he's the jagoff old dude who uh makes jurassic park so well, that's there him. you go so the, the dude with the old dude with the beard <laughs> jurassic park dude. yeah Old dude, professor guy. That's Jurassic that's the guy Park, who dude. he directed. Uh, uh, he directed Chaplin, and I. It was the same year, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, or a year later, that like Chaplin came out, and then he was he was he was the old dude who invented Jurassic Park in the movie. Mm. He's so. the welcome. Yeah, to Jurassic Park. <laughs> that's him. He's he's the guy who made Chaplin. So you can blame his old ass. You could blame yeah. You could blame him not only for <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex's killing people, but you can also blame him for Chaplin and Gandhi. Right. <laughs> you could blame him for those two movies as well. So, <laughs> how about Cecilia by uh, Simon and Garfunkel? You know that's an upbeat yeah, song. Yeah, I thought it was so you know, nice. Cecilia, you know that everybody sings along. Yeah. So uh, the lyrics are making love in the afternoon with Cecilia up in my bedroom. I got up to wash my face, and when I came back, someone's taken my place. Like what? Damn. <laughs> Real quick. I just go up to wash my face. I come back. There's a dude in bed. What's going on? She's like, what "Were you expecting me to wait for you?" <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know how long it takes to wash your face. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> You expect me to not have sex for four minutes? I can't do that. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, what about anything else here on the... Uh, on the, uh, on the well, I mean, I kind of knew it was pretty funky, but the Star Spangled Banner yeah. um, is pretty bloody i mean is it, it is it is it is it's, it's it, it, talking about wars it is i mean it was written while battles were happening and uh and exactly were so yeah, yeah. I, I would expect it i mean i get it that it is a very you know inherently patriotic and like yeah. oh yes yeah. but yeah it's yeah. grim it is totally grim <laughs> and that's what we say we stand up and say before every ball game because mm -hmm. that's, that's where it's yeah, that's, that's right. where it makes sense yep <laughs> Yeah, no, it's dark. Now, now, getting back to the young girl thing, shall we jump back mm -hmm. into that disturbing thing? Sure. Uh, my Sharona by the Knack. My Sharona by the Knack. Yeah. 
And that's one of two songs on that album, Get the Knack, which was one of those debut albums that just broke completely. They, they were huge. In the summer of 1979, Esmeralda, oh, my God. You could not get away from the Knack. You could not get away from my Sharona. It was everywhere. Long before Jagoff, Janine Garofalo, and, and Ethan Hawke danced to it uh, uh, in that dumbass right. movie. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but the lyrics are, if you, um, if you listen to my Sharona... It's like, you know, uh, oh, my little pretty one, pretty one, blah, blah, blah. And it always get it up for the touch of the younger kind. My, my, so the oh. touch of the younger kind. I always get it up for the touch of the younger kind. Yuck. And also on that Good album, Lord. on the same album, Esmeralda, is Good Girls Don't, But I Do. That's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It keep on telling me good girls don't, but I do. Yeah. Mm. So that's, that's uh, on the same album with My Sharona, where the touch of the younger kind gets it up. <laughs> Lord. Because My Sharona's very young. She's a young girl. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is about, yeah, the, uh, about the obsession that these, these dudes have with, their, uh, with the young girls. I don't know. No, no idea. I don't know. Um, I didn't know that Johnny Cash's I've Been Everywhere is about uh essentially murdering people yeah it's a he's a serial killer yeah i didn't know that at all yeah. i just thought it was a fun song yeah. about telling us where he's been a little traveling song a little traveling ditty <laughs> right yeah. Like, yeah. yeah oh it's fun and then he's singing it all fast and then yep at the end i'm a yep. killer really he's a killer yep yep come on it's Johnny. funny you know we, we talked a little bit about this before about how these songs, like these upbeat songs and everything, or these songs that they, they are used for, like that song is used for like traveling commercials, you know, like they've used that. Yeah. On, they've used it for commercials, like for airlines and shit have used it. Uh, and it is about a killer. And, and I've often said that like people use uh, Hero, My Hero by Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. you know, to talk about great moments in sports or great moments in heroic, you know, like history or something. And yeah. it's about a dude who comes home early to see that his girlfriend has cheated on him. And that guy's his hero. That's what the song's about. Yeah, yeah. Talking about. And how about um, the Good Riddance uh, by um, uh, Green Day? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 why am I blanking on the? But that song is a very dark song, a very sad song about ending things. Um, and like they're happy that it's over. Like that's mm-hmm. what the song's about. And they play it during every like you know, like. Uh, like I remember, they played it during the Seinfeld, uh, the the finale of Seinfeld. They played it. Uh, the, I, I, you know, I hope you've had the time of your life. You know, I hope you've had the time of your life. That song, mm-hmm. Good Riddance. That song is like a breakup song. It's like fuck off. You know what I mean? That's what the song's about. Yeah, and it's he's played... not saying I hope you had the time yeah. of your life in a in a kind way. No, not at all. <laughs> not unless the song is called Good Riddance. The song is called Good Riddance. And yet, whenever like you want to remember something or like, oh, this was a lovely memory, they, that song gets played. <laughs> yeah. It's always funny how uh, companies and just people twist songs yeah. to make for them and for whatever they're feeling when it's not like that at all. It's not what it I was mean, a- it's like the police song. Every, Every breath you take, people were playing yeah. at their weddings. It's they like, played at weddings. That's about it's, a stalker. <laughs> it's about a stalker. It's about a fucking stalker. And and you know, like people play it at their weddings, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, it's like so romantic. And, it it's is. Like, and and Sting wrote that. 
Sting wrote that about an ex. Like he literally was stalking this ex who broke up with cool. him. And he was literally standing outside her window watching her. Good Lord. Like that's how obsessed he was with this woman who broke up with him. And so he like was, he would, he would not give up. He was stalking her. He was standing outside of her window watching her. And that's what that song's about. And people are like, here's our first dance. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. And I know that there are more songs that, that are like that where people are like, you know, uh, you think it's about one thing, but in fact, it's not. Oh, and yeah, there are, for there sure. are many, many, many songs like that uh, uh, out there. But yeah, that's the number one. That's the one. Like every time I've gone to a wedding and they've played it, I'm like, you come on, you've got to be kidding me, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, also, another police song about young girls, Don't Stand So don't Close stand so cl- to Me. Yes. What is happening? Also, but, but that, by the way, was another song that Sting wrote autobiographically. Do you know what the, the background right. on that is? Because Sting yeah, was a teacher. He was a teacher, yeah. Yeah. And, like, there were some young girls in his class who were... Look at you, Sting. And they were very attractive. <laughs> well, I mean, and Sting's a beautiful man. You know what I mean? Like, shit. I mean, like, Sting in his 20s as a teacher? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Right? Yeah. I'd, be all, I'd be all over his ass, too. And, um, <laughs> and so, so, like, young girls were coming up to him, and he's like, man, don't, please, you know... <laughs> I am a teacher. No, I'm a teacher, and you're like 17. Get the. F- I mean, no. So that's so what he wrote the song. He's doing it right. Yeah, it's like he's don't doing the quiet. song right. Yeah, he's right. He's not like, is your daddy home? Because I'm coming over, Bruce. Right. You know what I mean? He's like, hey, go over there, please. Hey, hey, it's the, I get it up for the touch of the younger kind. No, that's not what. What's not? That's not what he's saying. <laughs> Sting's taking the other route. He's taking the healthy route. Like, no, don't stand close to me. This is bad. <laughs> But could you imagine though, like, could you imagine like you're a 17 year old girl and your teacher is Sting in his 20s? Right. Holy shit! My God. Mr. Sumner. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Sumner. Tell us a tale, Mr. Sumner's tales. So, um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, lyrics, lyrics to songs, man. I, it's 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 just ridiculous. Misinterpreted lyrics. So, but anyway, if you if you ever you, you ever need a, a sponsorship. Uh, you know, for a traveling, uh, a travel agency, use uh, I've been everywhere. Use that. That's that's that'll work out real well for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm also going to I'll leave the killer bit in. Yeah, leave it in at the end. Yeah, that's they never leave it in. You got to no. leave it in. <laughs> leave it in. You will be. By the way, if you get to your destination, you will be murdered. Thank you for flying you know. airlines. You know, thank you for flying this airlines. As long as you know, yeah. we tell you up front. We tell you up front. <laughs> you will be murdered. So. All right. All right, well, those are some dark lyrics uh, and, uh, and uh, other stuff. We're going to talk about food myths the next time we uh, talk. We've got mm. any, plan, any plans for the weekend, Esmeralda, that you are now recovering from, uh, you, now that you're back from Vegas? Any plans for the weekend? Uh, count my $6 million. There it is. Count your $6 million and get it's ready. It's going to take all weekend. Get ready to be bionic. Bionic. Bionic, because <laughs> you have to get ready for your bionic uh, transformation. Exactly. That's right. Okay. All right, well, thank you, Esmeralda. My thanks to Dr. Keith Lipinski for talking wrestling. Always a great time to talk with Doc. Check out AAW Pro, AAW Pro, and they're on all of the Facebooks and all of the social medias and all of the, uh, you know, all of that shit everywhere. Uh, The next time we talk, Dan Feinberg will be with us for his biweekly visit. Lots of TV to talk about. We will tell you if there is any uh, progress in the writer's strike. Another thing that we'll be uh, talking about as well. Esmeralda, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, be a sponsor here on the podcast, sales at radiomisfits.com. Uh, buy, some, uh, buy some ads on us on our podcast. Do that. Listen to us 24-7, radiomisfits.live. 
You can hear this podcast every day at 3 p.m. and via SNL podcast every day at 9 a.m. and everything else in between 24-7 streaming. Leave us a voicemail at 773-417-6948. And uh, you can drop us an email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs for all the cool stuff he's done and Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. And you for listening. And we will see you next time on the Nick D Podcast right here on the Radio Misfits Podcast. The wind is red on me.